Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro and Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis, and I do have Brenna back on the line with me. Brenna, say hi. Hello, everybody. Been a hot minute. Yeah, but we are back, and we do have another guest. We're going to get to her in a minute, though. But first, we get to, before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by Yancey Camp. Yancey Camp provides online workouts by partnering you with a seat, by partnering you with an OCR Pro such as the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team, and you can get weekly workouts, like three weekly workouts a week, and work on your OCR training. Yancey, Camp, Yancey Camp's run by Yancey Culp, who is known for being a high-level OCR trainer, and I know Bren has been using it for a long time, so Bren, give me some of your thoughts on Yancey Camp. Yeah, I'm actually I'm excited. I just started, or I start this month, my third year as um, an athlete under Yancey for Yancey Camp, and... I basically, I joined in because every time I saw like a top person taking like a top podium spot, their training was under Yancey. So, um, I was excited to be one of his athletes and now you can train like the CTG team. We get workouts specifically and you can train under us and basically it's like OCR specific, but he's a coach all around. So he does mental conditioning too. Like you get a nice little like mental message before you work out to get you ready for your workout. Um, and then... The workouts to me, I had to look up like he has videos for all of the movements, but at first someone might think that's intimidating, but then you look at them, it's just like they're fun movements. They're different movements. They're, they don't have you in like a weight room lifting heavy weight all the time doing repetitive movements. Like nothing's the same. So um, definitely get signed up. Uh, you can get feedback from the athletes that you sign up under. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So head over, sign up, head over to Yancey Camp, sign up, click on the CTG Pro Team little icon at the bottom of the page and come train with us all right let's get to our guest brenna you want to do the intro sure so uh this is my first time introducing a guest i'm very excited because she's a teammate and a friend all around athlete um we have chrissy mcfarland here with us today so hello chrissy welcome hello thank you for having me yeah, so um, quick little rundown here. Chrissy is pretty new, I would say, to the OCR elite female scene. Um, she did her first run. It was more of just like a color run back in 2014. Um, she didn't find out until OCR uh, what it was when she was actually watching a football game. And if you all remember, good old Battle Frog had some commercials. Yes, it did something good. All that money. <laughs> <laughs> So they got one. They got her. Um, so that actually sparked her interest and got her going in OCR. Uh, she tried a couple different races, Spartan races thrown out there. And, you know, basically she said immediately failed all the obstacles, but that didn't deter her. It kind of kept her going more. So we're going to talk about her training and her love of actually now known. Um, I'd say we see her on the Savage Circuit most race, um, Savage Race Series. So uh, lives local in Ohio. And her first year officially of Elite OCR was 2018. So like I said, um, pretty new. She has 13 Savage podiums, two axes total, and three overall wins with one of the Blitz wins in there. 
Um, she also has been seen at NORAM and Worlds OCR in London. She got top 10 in the 3K and 15K in NORAM and um, placed third in her age group in the 15K Worlds in London. So pretty impressive for being new on the scene. But I'm um, going to dive in and get to know her a bit better because I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys don't know who this hot star is yet. And we all need to know. So, so Chrissy, what's up? Hey, not much. <laughs> cool. So I noticed you have a lot of Savage uh, victories or podiums in there. Why Savage? Let's start off with that. Um, I just love everything about them. They're, uh, I love the ownership, what they bring to the sport. And um, I just love the obstacle difficulty. Um, they're always throwing something different, changing uh, the rigs and um, I just really enjoy the challenge that they they have to offer. Yeah, you have 13 podiums, which is a lot. Um, and pretty much those is all in one year. Is that correct? And all in 2018? Or I guess a little bit of 2019? Uh, yes, I think some of those were um, in 2019 as well. Yeah. Actually, I think most of them were in 2019. Oh, okay. She's actually just blown up this season. Yeah, because she's got her axes just recently. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Well, so going backwards, kind of, um, we talked about like what you got into, how you started OCR. Um, talk about, did you have an athletic background growing up, high school sports or anything like that? Or were you just, was it literally that commercial and you're like, okay, I've got to do something and this is it? Yeah, so I've always been in sports. Um, basketball was my main. Um, I did soccer, volleyball. I did run track in middle school. Um, hated it. Hated running which is kind of funny because now it's what I love to do. Um, so, yeah, I've always been kind of very competitive. And um, I actually got a scholarship for basketball. Um, and I didn't take it, which was really stupid now looking back, but kind of glad I didn't. And then with OCR, it brought that competitiveness back. So, yeah. Where did you get a scholarship to? Just a little local um University here in Ohio. It was called Shawnee State. Gotcha. Just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do you? I know because personally, I know you. Um, you run with MIT team. So, tell us a little bit. I mean, a lot of those that race often kind of see that around. What um, what team is that? Like, what does that mean? Who, what is that? So, MIT. Um, it represents. Uh, it's kind of just a big OCR team. Um, we stand for motivate, inspire, train. We love to support other racers, um, support each other. Um, if you're having like a bad day, you know, you always have the team there to encourage you and keep you going. So it's just a really good family to be a part of. Always love going back out on courses and cheering people who aren't even on MIT on and just, just love. We all share the passion of working out and racing and, um, just being with a healthy lifestyle. I'll say personally, I mean, I'm on that team with you, so I know, but like from one of, when you travel around the Noram and worlds, I feel like there's certain teams that stand out that like you see everywhere on course, whether it be in their gear or just hearing them. And I think MIT stands out as one of those teams. Yeah, we, we definitely are loud. That is for sure, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> And all savage um, lovers, for sure, I'd say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so 
I mean, again, most of this, like I said, I have so many questions just because I know you kind of as a friend, but learning more details. Um, Legendborn is one of your sponsors. I know one of your big sponsors that you've been with for a couple of seasons. Uh, yes. do you, what, tell us about them. And then don't you have a specific jersey in particular, like aside from MIT, um, that means something to you that you run with? Yeah, so uh, Legendborn, um, they were actually the first company to be, believe in me as far as in sponsorships. I've applied to a couple different ones, and they were the only ones to um, take me in. So they definitely have a special place in my heart. But um, they're a military-owned business, so um, they support a very good cause. And, yes, they did make a jersey for me last year, um, which was completely unexpected and um, – definitely touched me it's a lupus jersey which I was diagnosed with um so it's nice to race in that and also support legend born and MIT and everyone who um battles lupus it's nice to race for them as I'm able to do so yeah you tell the listeners a little bit more about lupus and exactly what it is yeah, so uh, lupus is an autoimmune disease, um, just basically your um, healthy tissues and just your autoimmune just kind of fights itself. Um, for me in particular, I have a, a milder case. Um, it attacks my joints more so than anything. Um, some people, I mean, it'll attack your organs. Um, just it's a very nasty autoimmune. It, it's um, definitely something... For people who have it a little worse than me, um, it's nice that I can go out there and race for those who can't, really, I guess I should say. But mainly yeah. just an autoimmune. So. Does it affect you with your, being your joints and racing? Is it something that comes and goes that you notice during training that you've had to like set, set back and take time off because of it and flares up? Or you're lucky yeah, enough so to... So it, um, it's a flare-up disease. Um, a lot of it has it, – it affects everyone differently. Um, for me, I have flare-ups. Um, it kind of – it doesn't tell me when it's going to happen. Uh, just one day I can wake up and it'll just be um, – I might have to take a day off training. Sometimes I can push through it. Other days I do just kind of take it easy and um, I'll, like, do some mobility stuff or whatever. But um, – it is more of a flare-up disease. Like you could be great for a week, and then the next week you might have a few bad days. So um, for me, it's never really fully affected my racing. Um, I've I've been able to maintain mine with actually, believe it or not, living um, with racing has actually helped me maintain it because of my diet and everything. So it's actually OCR. I can almost say is like my my uh, drug to help me keep going every day. So. At least it's a, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So separate completely, I'm bringing this up because it's just recent and I'm sure a sad subject for you. Um, nothing to do with your a lupus flare-up, but talk about a recent injury and I'm not sure when this will air, but taking you out of a race this coming weekend actually, huh? Yes, my knee. Um, I actually did it two weeks ago. It was caught on video at a Savage race. Um, I thought it was minor, and I still think it is, but 
it did take me out of racing Indian Mud Run and Savage. I was going to do both this weekend. Um, I got an ultrasound on it yesterday, and luckily there was no tears on the ultrasound, but the pain is just – it's its too strong, so I feel like there's something else that the ultrasound didn't get. So I'm thinking an MRI um, this next week. So I'm, I'm really hoping it doesn't keep me out too long, but we'll see. We know how that goes. Unfortunate, I for sure battle a couple injuries recently and always, it seems like, but um, probably made the smart call and like setting, stepping back because I'm sure your season's probably just kind of like full steam ahead right now. So take one or two events off and then be good to go for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. Hopefully anyway, <laughs> big focus is North America right now, championships, so. What are your plans for uh, North American Championships? You running 15k, 3k pro, everything? What do you, what do you, what's your plan there? Yeah, I'm doing the 3k and 15k pro, um, and then I'll be doing team race uh, with a couple of my MIT teammates. We're just gonna run open and uh, have fun with it. See what we can, we can do. We have a couple other MITers that are running um, with us, so it's kind of like a battle of MIT. We're excited about. Nice. The The team race is always my favorite. It's just so much fun, you know, racing with other people and for other people. So it sounds like a great time. Yes, it really so, is. Evan, do you, do you think we're going to get her at a CTG this season? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. I was, I mean, you have certainly accumulated enough Savage wins. I feel like it's time to try something slightly different, but more also in that same lane, mandatory obstacle completion. What do you think, Chrissy? Yes, I actually, as long as the knee is um, nothing major, I have one on my schedule for October that I plan on doing. All right. Little Rock, I'm really excited about it. It's the, uh, ah, shoot, I think it's October 5th. I can't remember the location. Um, well, I think what it makes me mad because I'm pretty sure if it all is the same, is it Little is Little Rock. And that was like the only one I was missing because of Savage Dallas. And then you told me that that's like the one you're going to. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm seriously having to reconsider just so I can go <laughs> because, A, I love seeing you at races, but I love, I like people that I know that will do good and have fun at them. I love to see come to Conquer the Gauntlet. So I know you're going to like crush the obstacles there when you get to it. So I'm excited. I'm nervous about Pegatron. I've never done anything like that before. So. It'll be interesting. I've, I've got to do it in OKC. I still, last year, it stumped me without the block, without the stump, actually. So um, I get to face it in Oklahoma, and I have bad luck at OKC just in general. So I'm excited. <laughs> That's exciting. When, yeah. is that, when is that race? Um, this, well, according to the 22nd, this weekend, oh, coming weekend. Yeah. Go for you. Yeah, Evan's going to go kick some butt and run Continuum, which is their multi-lap option. Woo-hoo. Nice, all right. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The Pe- Pegatron's a little bit tricky, especially if you've never done Pegatron. Like, even if you do a pegboard, it's a little bit tricky because the pegs can actually go all the way in and essentially fall out the backside. So you kind of got to figure out how f- far deep you want to put the pegs in versus how narrow you want to or how like uh, little you want to put the pegs in, and then it's the also thing. The other thing that's confusing is some of the holes aren't spaced equally, so you kind of have to pick and choose where you're putting the next peg, which throws some people off. So, so I'm gonna, 
while you're listening and to other listeners, I mean, we say it all the time and like we do videos about it, but I feel like CTG is one of those ones where like choose your own adventure. Every lane's kind of different and they kind of, it's like kind of on purpose. So people go and they expect every lane to be identical and they're not. And then they get frustrated and it's kind of like, we, I mean, we kind of say it and we're not, we're not shy about it. So same with Pegatron, like some are spaced weird. Some have like, a fake hole. I actually prefer the ones that are random. For some reason, I find that easier than the one that's like in a pattern. I don't know. I just feel like I feel, I feel I can get more. I can get farther reaches on the on the random one versus the pattern one. But I just kind of go whatever's open. So take note, huh. Chrissy. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, <know>. interesting. <laughs> and Little Rock's a super flat course. It's run on like an old golf course um, that's no longer in operation, and it is just it is just like a big field with like a couple of patches of trees in it. Oh my gosh, that's the one where Rachel shows up. She's the only, like, she's been to two and it's been Little Rock. So you're going to get to, like, maybe, I don't know if she's going, but have a, a savage reunion battle on a CTG course with Rachel Corigliano and Chrissy. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she's so fast when it comes to flat courses, though. Whew. And if you ever get in front of Randy, she can only go in one direction on Pegatron. So, yeah. Oh, really? You'd be multi-talented. We each, same, like, three girls, me, Randy, and someone else can only go, like, one way. <laughs> Is that all in, like, your, your stronger hand leaning or something, or? Um, I think for me, it's actually my opposite hand. I, it's weird. I, Randy is psychological. She can do it both. We, like, she shows us, but it, during a race, she just, like, can't. She, I don't know. She doesn't try. It's just more comfortable with one. Yeah, for me, I I try the other. I think it's, I'm, it's my dominant hand that I'm more confident leading with on Pegatron. But like every, it's different. Every other obstacle, it's the other side. So it's kind of like the weird obstacle. I don't know. Huh. That makes me excited though. Yeah, I'm excited. If I don't get to see race there, I'm gonna have to have everybody video. Some be like, someone specifically follow Chrissy so I can see how she does at CTG. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I want to jump back a little bit. Now, you're 26, I'm tracking right now, and you really kind of started racing at a high level last year. So what did you do between the end of college and the start of you racing? Like, were you still working out regularly, or did you take some time off, or what was the deal? Um, well, I went to school for occupational therapy, uh, so I kind of uh, graduated and got my uh, license and everything for that. Um. I really just worked. I didn't work out. Didn't do anything. Um, I think 2017, I I signed up for my first ever Savage Pro Wave from a couple MIT teammates that were kind of pushing me to do it. And I went, and of course, I, I lost my band and uh, kind of sparked a fire in me because I was actually running third. I was battling for third. Um, before that point, and I lost my band on Sawtooth. My love, I mean, that obstacle. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship. <laughs> and um, after that, like, I don't know, it just sparked something. Um, that was in Georgia fall of 2017, which was like in September, I think. And after that, I just started training and um, I just focused 2018 on strictly racing and. So yeah, I guess 2017 was like my start of working out again and running about the end of it. But up before that, yeah, I did nothing. I, I did the whole freshman 40 thing. <laughs> that. So, you know, college days. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Who are you training with? Or, I mean, again, I know, I know the answer, but I love to hear, um, you have a good coach that I see people training with nowadays. Yeah. So, um, I train with, um, James Stangle here locally, but, um, my trainer is out of Florida, um, Matthew Mullins, his company or his, um, programs called get some motivation. Uh, I've been with him for about a year. Um, and I'm sure I was not an easy client at the start of our, uh, program. I was very, he wanted to program weights. I did not want to do weights. Um, finally we found a perfect balance and it's been, it's been really good. Uh, his program has definitely helped me grow as not only an athlete, but I feel like as a person too, I've figured out who I wanted to be as an athlete and that's helped a lot as my, with my performance too, I believe. So I owe a lot to Mr. Matthew Mullins. I know Matt. He's a great guy. Big fan. Great athlete too. Yes, he is. He's a really good guy. I always hear him. He's like, yells the pep up the team when he's around kind of like the motivational speaker, but not intentional. Like he'll just start pepping someone up before the race and then everybody gathers. And it's like later, just a video that's been passed around has show bumps from everybody. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, wow. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I love to listen to him right before like a big race, like, at, uh, worlds when all, like we have a huge turnout, he'll get everybody together and he'll do one of his motivational speak, um, He'll have people that's not even in our group just stop and listen to him. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. So I noticed you're you're from Ohio, and Ohio has a great local racing scene. Have you gone through any of the local races over there, like the Ohio Grand Slam and some of the other little ones there? Um, I've done a few. Um, there's actually one that's called Mud Ninja. That was actually my very first OCR ever. What year? Um, what year? Uh, twenty fourteen, I believe. Oh, okay. We did that. Nice. Um, and I've done um, a few others. Um, I have not done Indian Mud Run, which was on my list for this weekend, but other changes, other plans happened. But um, not oh. a whole lot. A lot of the times, I fall on Savage weekends, and unfortunately, I always choose Savage over most races so i haven't taken advantage of our local ones like i should gotcha yeah mud ninja is a fun course and uh I, indian mud run is on my bucket list that's like i need to get to that next year uh hubie cushman just does a great job and i've heard so many good things and you know the they just released the course map and it's like super dense with obstacles there's like 72 obstacles over like the six miles or something ridiculous so That's like, yeah. Evan, we're gonna have to skip i think okc next year and go <laughs> like it's, is it usually on the same weekend i don't think it's so always it's always the same weekend because it's i've already yeah it's both i've talked to both people like neither of them can change <laughs> it's terrible actually um i don't know if i should say this or not but i've heard from a very good source that he's thinking about changing his date next year Oh my gosh. That like, because the past two years when we talked, it was, they had a reason. And then CTG, the venue they've always used, it's a boy scout ranch. So like it has a specific weekend available. So, 
oh man, if it was like a non CTG, I'd have, yeah, we'll have to go. Crossing my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard it's a pretty good source that told me. So we'll see if it if it happens. I hope so because it's always right after one of my stupid ultra things, and my body's just a mess, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fly someplace to race if I know I'm not gonna do well, right? Like, I'll still go to a local race a week after an ultra OCR, but like, if I'm, you know, if I'm driving, it's fine. But if I'm flying someplace, it's gonna be a little bit more cost. It's gonna cost me a little bit more. So I wanna. I wanna show up in good good form there. So. Yeah, I totally understand that. So you did say something that sparked a question in regards to um, like Savage Race. I know as a pro runner for Savage, they're payout is amazing and this year you've been doing like phenomenal with it so i would think as someone that like maybe you're trying to follow those every month because there's you know one or two a month and if you can make the payouts that's some good money do you mind me asking personally what do you do i think you said you're self-employed or what do you do for work at home in ohio yeah so um my moment sorry say again I was like, or are you just running as an athlete at this moment, which would be awesome too? Um, kind of both. Um, my husband, he owns a graphic business, so um, I help him out a lot. We um, do like screen printing um, graphics for like dirt bikes and floors and stuff like that. Um, we make all that cool stuff. I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got cool machines to do it. <laughs> Very nice. Um, but yeah, so we do like a lot of screen printing, um, t-shirts and stuff like that, but being self-employed does make it very easy for me to go and train, um, a little bit more than what most people who have like a full-time job can do. Um, but Savages, um, this year has definitely been a big blessing with the, um, what, two races a month and being able to really, I think I've podied them out all of them but one one weekend so that has helped a lot with income as well so um, kind of both you seem to be doing pretty well in both the blitz and the normal savage course do you consider one of them one of those distances to to be your specialty or is it just the mandatory completion obstacle courses that you like Um, it really just depends um i'm not really known for my speed definitely obstacles help me with um the podium positions that's helped me with my uh two well actually with my three wins that has helped me but i'm better on hillier courses um so if it's a longer course when a hilly course i would say the regular savage is more my jam but if it's a flat course um where i know we have more speedsters um i would say the three the blitz would be more my jam kind of just depends on the location Right on. Now take me through a week of your normal training. You know, how often are you doing strength work? How often are you doing obstacle proficiency? And how often are you running type thing? Um, so I, I run pretty much every day. Um, I will take one day off a week to give my legs a little bit of a, a breather. But um, on the day that I take off from running, I will go and mountain bike or uh, do the elliptical or something just different than running. I practice obstacles. Oh, geez. I probably every other day um, I will do some type of grip work, whether it's rock climbing, um, 
plan on my monkey bars that I've built, setting up a rig, um, you name it, grip stuff every other day. But for the most part, it's really it. Um, and then Matt, he programs me some um, upper body weight stuff to kind of add in between each circuit. So um, I like to do a lot of hit workouts mixed with weights. I'm not one to just stand and do three sets of 15 reps. I can't just stand there. I get really bored. So I do a lot of hit workouts. I've seen her videos, and I think you – who who's building i don't know do you and james share obstacles or you have your own obstacles like i think you have um a set of your own homemade givens it looks like yeah james made those uh we had four of them but i broke one so <laughs> i think break a given <laughs> let me i'll say that it's a they made a wooden version so it's not like she broke a piece of metal uh yeah yeah i saw i saw a video i saw i think i saw a video of your your given yeah. <laughs> and for those uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Force 5 is introducing the Gibbon obstacle at Noram this year. And it's actually going to be at Indian Mud Run uh, this coming weekend, which will be way after, way before, whatever. By the time this podcast comes out, Indian Mud Run will be over. But essentially, it's floating monkey bars. So little metal, essentially brackets, and then you have monkey, like a monkey bar in each hand, and then you cross it kind of like Pegatron, except floating monkey bars. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> So. <laughs> like, a, like a monkey with a ring of arms. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, she's got, I know I've just seen Christy's training, like, from following her stuff. It's awesome because I think your monkey bars, they are on an incline or up and down, right? Yeah, they're actually going straight up my hill. Um, they don't look like a, they're very steep, but they're actually very pretty. You have to keep a lot of momentum to keep going up them. That was inspired by Sawtooth, an obstacle at uh, Savage, why I built those. <laughs> yeah, so for those listening, Sawtooth was like what got her banned in the beginning. It's like taking her out of other races, and then it's what just damaged her knee recently on a dismount. So <laughs> she, she, that, her and that, <laughs> that obstacle, they, they have history. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because you can throw like the hardest rig at me, and I'll do it, but you give me a set of monkey bars, and for some reason or another, I just struggle with them. See, now I can't wait to see her do um, cliffhanger. Yeah. I bet you at this point it's, it's mental, just because you have like deep emotional scars from you know having problems on cliffhanger. I bet you you have it's, complete physical capability. It's just all mental. It's gotta be. It's my two cents. Yeah, every time I run up on it, like I have to take a deep breath. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Blindfolded, nope. not let you know it's coming. Oh, we're <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> we're starting to run out of time. You said you're going to Noram. Are you going to OCR World Championships in London again? Um, not this year. I'd love to, um, but I think I'm going to wait until they move locations for the following year. Gotcha. Wasn't a huge fan of the location, so. And then any other big plans, big races coming up uh, besides more Savage and a CTG and Noram? Um, I have a couple Spartans that I'm, uh, thinking about doing, um, other than that, that's about it. Any interest in like the Spartan national series to see how you stack up there or are you just sticking more of the local, uh, series Spartan races? It's possibly a plan for next year. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it for next year. I'd really like to see where I rank in that division, which I, 
have a pretty good idea where I'd be, but I'd still like to race and find out. So. And that's why I love, but as a reminder, listening, I mean, like we said, this is your second year technically like competitive racing and we're halfway through it. So, um, to be having this much success early on, hopefully that just is like a good sign of things to come to kind of dip into some other things. And who knows, maybe between like Spartan series or even get into like the stadium series and just see because more like obstacle proficiency there could be some cool yeah. things for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now I know Brenna's got a, a hot dinner date or something going on tonight. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Get that break. <laughs> so th- this is going to be a little bit quicker episode than we're normally used to. Uh, so I guess let's start wrapping things up. Brenna, you want to do our three-person outro thing? Oh, the, um, the interesting fact? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, when we have a guest, I think uh, maybe Christy, I told you, we do like a random, it doesn't have to be just kind of anything, something that not everybody knows or that you would like to share that people don't know. Um, something funny, embarrassing or not. Um, I have to like, I've had to make a list because Evan comes up with just crazy stuff. Uh, I feel like he, he always has one for what everybody says. So I'm going to say mine because if I say mine first, (laughs) then he like has to match it. So, um, I am, I was thinking of like my most embarrassing moment or something that happened that stood out to be like, you know, face red, like what happened. And I, I was having trouble, and then all of a sudden I remembered this was in eighth grade, uh, high school, or like it was junior high athletics. I was on the basketball team, and they would make us like we would all change in the locker room, and then we had to walk out of the locker room and meet in the gym for like warm up. Well, the guys' football team sat in the hallway, lined up, like ready to get yelled at by the coach for a minute, told what they're going to do before they ran outside. And they sat like four wide in the hallway, and they were all Indian style trying to behave like little eighth grade boys and they'd leave like one little row for us to walk by. <laughs> and so I, we walk out and my best friend decided it'd be the best time to pants me as oh. by the football team in eighth grade. Like I'm right, right, right now, like saying it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. In eighth grade, I got pants in front of the football team and I don't like it. Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad moment. <laughs> that's awful especially because like you know I can <laughs> that's hilarious yeah I mean come on like that's just you know I mean embarrassment level like what do you do I mean I can't just like run away because then you face plans and I had to like pick up pants and then run <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is you could probably see all those football boys like the next day at school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So thanks Vicky. Appreciate that. <laughs> Been a while since I thought about it. <laughs> That's too funny. All right, Chrissy, what do you got? It doesn't have to be about getting past. <laughs> um, I've got so many embarrassing moments. Um, which I was actually, uh, one I had for me was, um, it's definitely not embarrassing. It was actually kind of cool. Um, I was actually in a dirt bike commercial a couple years ago. Uh, that was really fun. I was um, in Georgia riding my dirt bike, and there was a filming uh, crew that was there while I was riding, and they just thought it was really cool that there was a female rider out on the track. So they followed me around the whole track uh, with a drone. So that was really 
cool. Oh, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, you... So, yeah, I ride dirt bikes. So, that'd be my interesting fact. Surprise. You guys, I've already used both of the stories I was going to compare to the two of those uh, in previous podcasts. So I'm going to go, I guess, I guess I'll go with something else. The So when I went to, uh, I went to Special Forces Selection and then deployed for 14 months uh, to Iraq and then came home. And then I started my, my Special Forces training. But when I started my Special Forces training, they had just filmed a documentary at um, uh, the Selection for the History Channel called Two Weeks in Hell. So all the guys that are in that documentary, Two Weeks in Hell, I went through special forces training with. So it was kind of funny because we'd be in training and like other classes would be coming through and people would be like, oh, I, I recognize you to like my friends. And they'd be like, oh, you're in the documentary. I know who you are. And they were like, they'd get excited and get like starstruck at you know, random students that were in a documentary. And then one of my friends would get upset because uh, they didn't recognize him because he's like an, like just a normal white guy with like brown hair. <laughs> but, but my other friend was like an enormous bald-headed white guy who's like completely jacked everyone recognized him so he, he got all the attention and the uh you know the the normal looking average white guy did not so it's kind of interesting but two weeks in hell you can go check it out or you can uh, read about some of that stuff in my my new book uh, ultra ocr man which is now available off the website and 100 percent of the profits go to charity nice all right, so that is my interesting fact or story. Uh, before we let everyone go, Chrissy, any shout-outs you want to give to friends, family, sponsors? Um, yeah, I'd like to do a couple shout-outs to uh, you know, MIT. We've talked about throughout the video, or not the video, but the audio. Um, I'd also like to shout-out uh, Legendborn, uh, my new sponsor, Sal Ming, um, their running shoe. Um, and my family, uh, mom and dad, and my uh, my husband. So yeah, um, and Matthew Mullins for training me. Definitely want to shout him out. So kicking your butt. Cool, Brenda. What do you <laughs> yeah, got? <he> <laughs> um, so Mudgear because they have. I don't know if you heard everybody. You know they got the best socks out there, the best compression socks for OCR. But um, they also have seat covers. For those now, because like I live out of my car and it's filthy with mud and dogs all the time, but now I can just kind of like zip, take off my like removable seat cover real fast and clean it, wash it, put it back on. Um, but also uh, for females, they have more clothing coming out that you'll start to notice, and um, they came out with female shorts, compression shorts, uh, about a month or so ago. Um, but they've kind of like listen to some feedback and they have a new style kind of in the works and coming out with different features. So again, just keep an eye out for mud gear with different things coming out besides kick-ass OCR socks. That's super exciting. Yeah. And, um, CTG strong, right? Evan discount code. That's Boom. correct. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know they were planning on doing some more male related clothing options, uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm allowed to. I, they one of the guys emailed me, asked me for opinions on some things, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they basically like I've been saying that I've I've just been clearing that I've said um, like things are in the works and yeah. what they have has been like we we we've heard they've heard what you said and they're listening, so that's exciting to hear from a company. And they did release a Dallas CTG video that uh, our friend John Coley shot. So 
That makes me just miss the mud movement. <laughs> I, love, I miss the mud movement so much. I wanted them to come back. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> so shout outs for me. Um, let's see. They, I just released or they softly just did like a spotlight on me about my new book, Ultra OCR Man from Special Forces Soldier to Record Setting Obstacle Course Racer. Again, like I talked about earlier, 100% of the profits of that, of the hard copy sales, go to the charity Folds of Honor. So pick up that. It's pretty interesting. About 260 pages, full of pictures, lots of good war stories. And I'll be sharing more of those on this podcast as we continue to talk in some of my interesting facts. I got some saved up that I think are pretty good. Um, let's see what else. And then other than that, Adventury, the parent company for OCR World Championships, North American OCR Championships, OCR Championships Enduro. I've been slowly releasing articles on that on their blog page. Uh, so head over to their blog. You got to go you, you both to Norm and the OCRWC and then click on like the news slash blog section. And there's different articles in each one. So if you're just at OCRWC or just at Norm, go to the other site because there's blog articles in both places. And Mudrun Guide, I've had a bunch of stuff come out, specifically a series of articles on ultra OCR and prize money comparing between ultra OCR and other ultra events and kind of why there's a difference and why there's sometimes no prize money and why you, if you're an ultra OCR athlete, you shouldn't give up hope because there's not, it's not as costly to put on an ultra OCR as it is to put on a other type of event. Uh, that's not 100% true, but you got to read the articles and you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's good, good. Trust me. I wrote them. They're awesome. You're going to love it. <laughs> so yeah. What else we got before awesome. we let go? That's, that's all we got, man. But I'm just glad Chrissy came on. I think we were her first podcast. So thanks for joining us tonight, girl. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. It's fun. Yeah. We pride ourselves on first podcasts of people because there's, I feel like <laughs> There's like this large group of people that are underrated and I feel like you are falling in, you into that group, you're into that group where they don't get attention just because, you know, maybe they haven't been in the sport for a long time or um, they don't run Spartan. Like I feel like Spartan gets a lot of attention from different pl places and Savage and like mandatory obstacle completion courses, NORAM, OCRBC get a little bit less attention. So I think you are underrated yeah. and I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because I mean, if the last two seasons or anything compared to your future. I think you'll, uh, I think you'll be doing great for a long time. Well, thank you. I'm excited too. And I mean, still yeah, 26. I mean, you're still not even into like the prime yet. Yeah. You're like, it. you're so, yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, if you want to keep racing, you can keep racing for a decade easy, you know, um, as long as you stay in. <laughs> so. Yeah. I was going to say, um, the, like super fast girls and uh, savage, like both have kids. So it's like, is that the thing too? Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> I've said that once you have a baby, they're faster. And it's been like, there's yeah. three girls I can say. So I'm like, all right, man, come on. <laughs> yeah, because once you have a baby, then you have two sets of lungs inside of your body. So it means you can run <laughs> faster. It's science. And you got two hearts. You know, there's like double the people working. It, it totally makes sense. It's science, right? <laughs> yeah, it's hard science. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> all right. We'll catch all of you later. And yeah, Chrissy, thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It really was fun. So. All right. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye.